0: This morning's scripture will be taken from 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Again, that's 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. And it reads, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know Him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Good morning and welcome. We're glad that you're here today. have got a number of folks that are away over the holiday weekend, and we pray that they'll have a safe journey. If you're traveling, we certainly want to pray for you and pray that you reach your destination safely. We're going to be looking at 1 John chapter 3, the song that that we sang just a moment ago, We Shall See the King Someday. That is the title of our lesson today, We Shall See the King Someday. And we're going to be talking about that in just a moment or two. I do want to take this opportunity to welcome those of you that are visiting. As always, we invite you to come back and be with us. We're so grateful for your presence week to week, and it may be that you're looking for a church home, and as always, we invite you to consider the work here. We would love to have you come and join hands with us as we try to make known Christ in this community. I do also want to make mention of the fact that we've got a a lot of our young folks that have already left for college. Some are gonna be leaving, and we pray that this will be a great, successful year for them. And we want you to know that we're praying for you and that we want, to, we want you to have a great, great year. And remember that we are your family, and if you need anything, we're always here for you. Today, as we think about, we shall see the king someday. I want us to look at 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, the passage that was read just a moment ago. Hard to imagine one day standing face to face with the King of kings and Lord of lords. John tells us that one day we will see the King. So in light of that, I want us to think about what he has written in the first three verses of chapter 3. I want to begin by talking about the dignity of God's children. I want you to listen, if you would, follow along. As John says in verse 1, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know Him. Let me first talk for just a moment or two about the passion God has bestowed on us. John said, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. It would be difficult for us to put in human language the tremendous love that God has for those of us who belong to the human family. I'm not sure that I can adequately explain just how much God loves you. I'm not sure that we can wrap our feeble minds around The depth of God's love. But John is saying here that God has indeed loved all of us. There's an interesting passage of Scripture found in John chapter 17. In the context, Jesus is praying in the shadow of the cross, he is praying for all that would believe on the Lord through the words of the apostles. He talks about the glory that God had given unto him. And he said, The glory that you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one as we are one. I am them and you and me. That, as he said in the long ago, they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that you sent me. And then he said, And that they may know that you have loved them as you have loved me. When I read that verse, I think about the tremendous love that God has for the Son. And Jesus here acknowledges that love. But he said, not only did God the Father love him, but he said, he loved his disciples. So you think about the love that God has. Does God love me as much as He loves the Son? I know this. God loves you enough that He sent His only begotten Son into the world so that you might have eternal life. How did God demonstrate His love for the human family? We say talk is cheap, and sometimes we talk a lot, but we have difficulty proving what we have said. But Paul said God commends, God demonstrates His own love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. Listen to what John said. In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that is, the only one of His kind, that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that He has loved us, and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins so you and i need to take we need to take comfort in the fact that god indeed loves us you remember john three sixteen, for god so loved the world that's inclusive of all of us god loved us what did he do he sent his son into the world to do what to redeem us so john here is saying look You need to take note of the fact that God in heaven loves you. So we talk about the affection that He has bestowed on us. The passion that He has bestowed on us. But then there's a second thing. The privileges He has bestowed on us. Listen again to what John said. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Now, think about that for a minute. God has made it possible for us to be identified as His children. We belong to Him. Now, the Bible talks about some of the great privileges and blessings that we have in Christ. For example, the Bible says that we have been redeemed by God. We've been redeemed through His blood, Ephesians 1.7. We have been reconciled to God, Ephesians 2.16. We are said to be heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, Romans chapter 8, verse 17. We are identified as a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. Sometimes we talk about royalty. And there are a lot of folks in our world today, they would like to be identified with, quote unquote, the royal family. And what the Bible says to us as God's children, look, we are a part of God's royal family, aren't we? We are a part of the body of Christ. Jesus is the King of all kings. He is the Lord of all lords. And what the Bible is saying is, look, as a child of God, you enjoy all those great blessings and benefits. I mentioned just a moment ago the passion and the privileges that God has bestowed on us. And we could talk about the abundant care that He bestows on us daily as a part of His family, as a part of those privileges. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says three times, do not worry. He asks the question, why do you worry? And really, He says in that context, people worry about three things. Number one, they worry about food. Number two, they worry about their fashion, what they're going to wear. Number three, they worry about the future. What, what is on the morrow? Well, Jesus said, again, in that context, the birds of the air, He said, they don't, sow, they don't sow, they don't toil, they don't gather in barns, but our Heavenly Father feeds them, doesn't He? So what's He saying to us? If God has enough care and provision for the birds of the air, then surely He'll care for us then he talks about the grass of the field, which God clothes. And he says, if God clothes the grass of the field, surely He'll do what? He'll clothe us. So God cares for us. The Bible tells us explicitly, 1 Peter 5, verse 7, He cares for you. God cares for all of us. We talk about His care. And then what about His constancy? Malachi said on behalf of God many, many years ago, I, the Lord, do not change. Think about how many people in our world today will look their mate in the face and say, I don't love you anymore. I don't want to be married anymore. This relationship is not working out. Or they'll say, you know what? You've changed. I've changed. And so as a result of that, we're no longer compatible. Well, let me tell you what. God in heaven is always the same, isn't it? God doesn't change. He's not going to wake up tomorrow and say, you know what, I really don't think I love you anymore. I don't care for you anymore. I'm not going to provide for you anymore. That's not how God operates. What about Jesus? Does Jesus change? The Hebrew writer said in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today. He said, yes, forever. So we talk about the constancy of Almighty God, And then what about His companionship? The privileges and the passion that God bestows on us. Did you know that God is not going to let you just float out here in life all on your own, all by yourself? God said to Joshua in the long ago, Wherever you go, the Lord your God will be with you. The Hebrew writer said on behalf of God, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You need to understand that you have 24-7 companionship. God in heaven is always at your side. So we talk about the dignity of a child of God. Let me tell you what, if you're a child of God, you are a blessed, blessed person. Now there's a second thing we need to look at. Found in verse 2. The destiny of God's children. Listen now to what John says in verse 2. Behold now, you are children of God, and it has not been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. First, there is revelation. Listen, if you would, to what John said. We know that when He is revealed... Did you know that one day the Lord Jesus is going to be revealed to all people? That He's coming again? The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God. Can you imagine hearing that great shout, the voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God, And then to see the Lord Jesus descend from heaven, as John said, every eye shall see Him. When is Jesus coming? I don't know. But I know this. John said that as a child of God, He will one day be revealed. He will come again. The Lord said of that day and hour, Knoweth no man, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Matthew 24, 36. I don't know when Jesus is coming, but I do know this. He is coming. And when He comes, it will be a glorious thing. Matthew said, in Matthew's account, quoting Jesus, Jesus said He will come with all of His holy angels and be seated on the throne of His glory. Imagine the Lord Jesus descending from heaven and every eye beholding Him. So we talk about first this great revelation and then there is a second thing we need to consider in light of this and that is the expectation. Look again at what John said, verse 2. We know that when He is revealed we shall be like Him for we shall see Him as He is. Now let me just pause here for a minute. What's John saying? He is saying that you can expect to see the Lord Jesus. Have you ever thought about what it will be like to be in the presence of Jesus? To stand in the presence of Jesus of Nazareth. To stand before the one of whom John identified as the Word who became flesh the one of whom Paul said is the King of kings and Lord of lords. To stand in the presence of Jesus, to see Him in all of His glory. What John is saying is, look, as a child of God, you need to understand that one day we're going to be before Him. We're going to see Him as He is. It's a marvelous thought. To know that the one that we have read about time and again, the one that we have given thanks for, for all the great blessings that we enjoy because of what he did on Calvary, to think about all of the things the Bible says about him. And here we are ushered into his presence. Hard to imagine. John is saying you need to understand the Lord's going to be revealed. And when He is revealed, you're going to see Him as He is. There's a third thing. First, there is revelation. Secondly, there is expectation. And thirdly, there is transformation. Listen again to John. He said, We know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. You know what John is saying? He's saying that when the Lord Jesus Christ comes and the dead are raised and we are ushered into the presence of God, there is coming a day, there is coming a time in which the body that we now possess will be transformed. Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he discusses the resurrection of Christ. And he says the resurrection is really the basis upon which Christianity stands or falls. Without it, we don't have anything to hope for. And so in light of the resurrected Christ, Paul says we can expect to be raised one day. Now he said flesh and blood does not inherit the kingdom of God. Paul there is saying that this body that we have will not be the same following the resurrection. The body that we now possess, it is a corruptible body. It is a mortal body. But Paul said this mortal will put on immortality. This corruptible will put on incorruption. Death, he said, will be swallowed up in victory. Philippians chapter 3, Paul would say, Our citizenship is in heaven. Whence also we wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, "...who shall change our vile bodies," or the body of our humiliation. All he's saying is this body that we possess is going to be changed. This corruptible body will become incorruptible. This mortal body, immortal. Now somebody might ask the question, well, what's the body going to look like? I don't know. Can't tell you. Have no idea. All I know is this that God in heaven said we will receive a new body, and that's good enough for me. The body that we have here on planet earth, it's a good body, isn't it? We're blessed to have a body, and we talk about the complexity of the human body and the fact that it was fashioned by God. That's what the psalmist said in Psalm 119. He said, you fashioned me. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. If God can make a body like this, like the one that you possess and what an amazing piece of machinery it is, think about that incorruptible, immortal body that it will give us one day. So, the dignity of a child of God, the destiny of a child of God. But there's a third thing we need to see, and that is the duty of a child of God. You see, we're going to see the king someday. And we can, we can talk about it, we can pray about it, but the fact of the matter is we know for a fact we will one day be face to face with the King. So what about our duty? Do we have a duty as a child of God? Well, listen to what John says, verse 3. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. As a child of God... Is it not the case that we have the hope of life eternal? Yes, we do. We anticipate life eternal, don't we? Paul said in Titus chapter 1 verse 2 that we live in hope of life eternal, which God who cannot lie promised before the world began. To know that there is the promise of eternal life. In 1 John chapter 2, look at verse 25. John said, this is the promise that He has promised us, eternal life. Does God, make, does God make true on His promises? Does He hold true to every promise He's made? Yes, He does. There are people in our world today, you can't trust them at all. You can't trust a thing they say. Not so with God. God has promised us eternal life. We live in anticipation. Of eternal life, We know that there's coming a day when we are going to be ushered into the presence of God, when we're going to live eternally with Him in a place called heaven. Here's what Jesus said. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. He said, Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But He said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. The hope that we have, described by Peter, as incorruptible, undefiled. He said, it fades not away. And here's what he said, it's reserved in heaven for you. God has a place reserved for his people. Those of us who are living for him, who are striving day in and day out to walk in the light, we have that assurance, we have that promise. So, what about our duty We're living in hope of life eternal. We have before us this hope. So how do we live? First, we're looking for the Lord. We understand that the Lord Jesus can come at any time. Paul, in writing to Titus, Talks about how we are looking for that blessed hope and great God. That's Jesus. We live in anticipation of the coming of the Son of God. Peter said, Jesus will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens will be dissolved with a great noise. The elements will melt with fervent heat. The earth and the works therein, he said, they'll be burned up. So, Jesus is coming. And those of us who belong to the family of God, we live in anticipation of that. We understand that just as the angels said, when Jesus ascended to heaven, recorded by Luke in Acts chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, they said the same Jesus that was taken up from them, He'll come just as He left them. He's coming. So, we are looking. For his coming. But there's a second thing. Not only are we looking for his coming, but we are living for his coming. In other words, we live in anticipation of the coming of the Son of God. Are you ready for Jesus to come? Are you ready for Jesus to come? What if he were to come today? Would you be ready? Listen to what John said in verse 28, chapter 2. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. There are going to be some people not ready for the coming of the Son of God, some who have not lived in anticipation for his coming. When Peter talked about the coming of Jesus and how he will come as a thief in the night, he said, seeing them that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conduct and godliness? All he's saying is this. The Lord's coming. And so in light of the fact that He is coming, you need to be conducting yourself as a holy child of God. You need to be living godly because you don't know when He's coming. So in verse 29, chapter 2, if you know that He is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of Him. We walk in the light. We are living in such a way so that one day God will own us as He is. Don't you anticipate one day standing before God and hearing Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant? Or to hear him say, come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world? Did you know that's what Jesus will say to you if you are looking for his appearing and you're living for him? So we talk about looking for the coming of Jesus, living for the coming of Jesus. I want to close today By saying once again, we shall see the king someday. When you stand before the king someday, what's he going to say to you? As a child of God, we know what he's going to say. Come. He's going to identify us as blessed. To those who have never known him, to those who haven't lived for him, he's going to say, depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire. It's a great blessing to be a child of God. If you're a child of God, if you're a Christian, you are rich. You are so rich, maybe not rich materially speaking, but you are rich spiritually speaking. And to know that we can go to our grave in confidence because we are children of the King. So today, if you're not a Christian, but you believe Jesus to be the Son of God, and you understand that Jesus said that you need to repent, Luke chapter 13, verse 3. And because you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and are willing to repent of your sins, you're more than happy to confess His name before others, just as a eunuch did in Acts chapter 8. And then if you would be willing to be baptized into Christ, the Bible says all of your sins will be forgiven, Acts 2, 38. And God will put you in His family. You'll be one of His children. You'll be a child of the King. And you can live in hope of life eternal, knowing that the world in which we live one day is going to be gone. Life as we know it will be over, but we can go home and be with God. If you're here today and maybe maybe your life's not what it ought to be, you're not faithful like you ought to be, could we pray with you and for you? You know, John said if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God will forgive. Won't you come as we stand and sing?